Welcome back to See, Hear, Feel. Today, I'm really excited to be talking with Dr. Eunice Yuan. Dr. Eunice Yuan is an assistant professor of psychiatry from the Yale School of Medicine and Child Study Center. She integrates clinical and research work in a biopsychosocial cultural framework. She is interested in mental health from genetic and neurobiological underpinnings to practical interventions and education within communities. She looks at acculturative stress, a stress that is common to many immigrants affecting children and families in a cross-generational manner. Dr. Yuan is the founder and director of Yale Compassion Home Action Together, which is also abbreviated as Chat Together, and it's a program that uses interactive theater as an educational tool to increase wellness in Asian American families across generations. Dr. Yuan is also a op-ed Yale Public Voices Fellow with me this year. So that's partially how I'm getting to know her. It's really exciting to be able to spend this time with her today. Welcome to Eunice. Thanks so much, Christine. I'm excited to be on this podcast, introduce myself, and also get to share my experience to everyone who are listening. Thank you. Along those lines, could you share a personal anecdote about yourself? I'm very happy to. When I was a teenager, I was a parachute kid who experienced acculturative stress moving to this country when I was late teens. I was originally from Hong Kong. Some historical context at that time, in 1997, Hong Kong was transitioning from British back to mainland China. Many parents at the time, including mine, were terrified by what happened to the future of the child. And I'm one of the child being sent to leaving home thousand miles away. Parachutes kid have no idea where am I landing in the US. And I'm also coming from a low income first generation family, a first college goer in my family. So that's where I start. This acculturative stress eventually now, many years later, I am a mother of two Asian American son. My husband identify himself as Taiwanese American. It's really interesting perspective to realize how I'm living in more than one culture. But think about as a parachute kid from point A to point B, that process is really a long twisting and turning forward and backward from point A to point B. And now I'm an adolescent psychiatrist specialized in AAPI mental health. And so I think all these background and self-experience added up together as a, a nutrient, the motivation at how I started Yale Chat together, especially during pandemic. One question is about who are you? Who was your identity? That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. I'd never heard a couple terms you mentioned, especially parachute kid. That sounds scary, right? <laughs> the term itself, even that you're just being launched off from Hong Kong and landing randomly. Because when you have a parachute, you actually are trying to hit a certain target, but you may not hit it. That, that's just so true. I think that's why how they frame it like that too. Especially in my family background, I know my parents sacrificed so much themselves to help me. In East Asian culture, we embrace a lot of Confucianism, filial piety, honoring the parents, respecting the parents. And my parents have sacrificed so much for me to do this, to be a parachute kid. And a lot of expectation, at the same time, a lot of confusion and fear and vulnerability to succeed. So yeah. do you 
identify as Chinese American, or really, it's like a Hong Kong identity. That's also interesting. Identity question. Every time I go back to Hong Kong, I know identify that's my home. And then when I'm in U.S., I also identify like here is home too. The identity of both. Being Asian and American, yeah, I would say I'm Chinese American, but I feel that my home is U.S. and Hong Kong. That's where my families are now. I ask because for listeners who don't know, I'm Korean American, and I'm fascinated by this question of identity in Asian American families because my parents were born and raised in Korea, in South Korea. Both my sister and I were. Born in the states, and I always thought I was Korean American just because my parents would tell me that I'm not really Korean, which always felt a little bit like an insult, almost. Not that they were deliberately trying to insult me, but it was. You guys are both Korean, and if I'm not Korean, what does that mean? And also, I think as a child in an Asian culture, you are supposed to be like your parents. So to be told many times that I'm Just not was hard, harder I think than I knew at the time. The developmental process of started as more Asian coming to the U.S. and gradually developing a little bit more American, assimilated, but also have some part of me retain the ongoing developmental process. It's a life process for me. I'm wondering the same case is true for you, Christine. I have thought about identity. In terms of being Asian or not really being Asian, as my parents would point out to me, my whole life. Because while I was born in the U.S., my family actually moved back to South Korea when I was in elementary school. I have two kids who are Korean American or American, and I think they identify more as just American. My husband's Korean American, so they're ethnically Korean, ethnicity-wise. But I see the way they grow up, and I'm like, wow! It even more reinforces to me that I am not actually really Korean American, or not at least the way they are, and the way that my husband does. Meaning that once we had moved to South Korea, it was much more in Korean culture, not fitting in. It was very different than America at the time. We went to an American school, but it was really quite different. We knew we weren't like the. Korean kids who went to Korean school. It's fascinating to think about identity for each person. Like even for me versus my sister, it's a little different. Even though the environment we grew up in is similar. Can you further define acculturative stress? Can you talk about that a little bit more? Acculturative stress is a stress. It's not something negative or positive. This in adjustment of living in several social cultural environment, like. When I was a teenager living in、um, Asian country, there's no stereotypic, there's no microaggression, there's nothing like that. All of a sudden, coming to the U.S. is very different. Different language, different food. The external environment would be different in the context of culture. Acculturative stress. That's what I meant when I mentioned the parachutes kid from point A. Acculturative stress is still happening, ongoing. How we kind of embrace that, adapting to that every day to. With this type of stress, is constantly happening in environment. So, say for example, if、uh, in reverse, like now I'm going back to have a trip in Hong Kong, I would totally feel not fitting in as well. That stress、mm. is there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think about it. Thanks for explaining it that way. That it's really over years. Do you have tips for how to navigate 
a culture of stress. We are all learning about how to adapt, having social support, having people like you and I were talking just now. I feel that I'm connected. We're connected at that space to be authentic. How to be authentic and be able to embrace your authenticity. That is actually really important. Over the years, especially at the beginning stage, when I come, when I feel this acculturative stress. I feel that I'm trying so hard to fit in in the United States or whatever that is, or like in the school, in the workplace, in the social cycle. And over the years, I realized if I try to fit into one circle, I lost myself. If I try to fit back to another circle, I lost myself. If I try to fit back into a circle in Hong Kong, I lost myself. I don't feel I belong. So constantly finding you try to fit into a certain circle to feel. Content and it does not work. You need to create and embrace yourself. I am both Asian and American. In some scenario, I'm more Asian. I'm some scenario, I'm more American. I can watch football game with my husband. I can celebrate Chinese New Year. I need to embrace my unique self in the acculturative stress adaptation. I feel so much better than trying to fit in this little silo to find myself. And I think that is part of the identity process. Yeah, I love that. I really do. I would say that when you put it that way, I agree with you that one of the rare benefits of the pandemic has been because it's been so taxing at different times for me. I have become more authentic only because I don't have the extra energy it takes to assimilate. And force myself to fit in. So instead of trying to be some perfect yeah. mom or yeah. perfect wife, I'm like, my identity is this messy person right now who feels very disorganized and overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. So one of the identities that I think about that we both have is physician. Mm-hmm. And what I've been thinking about more and more is the medical culture, the culture that's in. Medicine as a whole in healthcare for doctors as well as patients. My bias right now is that the medical culture that we have right now at this point in the pandemic is causing doctors and patients and everyone who's in healthcare to suffer and burn out. And I think of that as an acculturative stressor, if I can use the term that way. I don't know if you. Agree or disagree, or if you have thoughts on that, we have so many different hats. Like you and I, as mother, that's one hat at home. Another hat to be the physician to take care of our patient. Another hat to be the leadership in the medical team. All these different hats going or transitioning with different sort of mini cycle social cultural circle. We set boundary and try to fulfill each of the circle and process of transitioning. It definitely could create a lot of stress. I don't need to be perfect in each circle. I can say I need help. I can say I'm tired. I need your help. And sometimes, like we speak up, people would know it and actually lose something rather than internalize that stressor. Talk about it. find a circle who feel authentic, feeling the same way. I think that is very therapeutic, and also be able to speak up when we really need help. Yes, your answer helps me articulate a little bit more. The analogy that I have in my mind, the Korean culture that I was brought up in, is very detached in terms of emotion and building relationships, building authenticity, and being able to express what you really feel. And my experience, at least, of 
medical culture, the culture in healthcare, is that it's also traditionally pretty detached, very paternalistic. The analogy in my mind is that I was brought up in this Korean culture to not question the rules or express emotion. And also in medicine, largely follow the rules, the standards, the guidelines, the diagnosis, the treatment, the management plan. And emotion has no place. I acculturated or tried my best to assimilate into that model, like you were talking before, to push myself into that circle or square. I'm realizing more and more it just doesn't work well for me. It's not the model of why I wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And it's not the model of how I would want to live my life and bring my kids up either. Meaning I don't want a model of don't question authority. Like meaning if an authority is a doctor or a parent in the healthcare setting versus at home. And hide your emotions because emotions are just messy and useless. My role as a child adolescent psychiatrist is helping people to open up the emotion, right? To share what they feel and be able to process, to understand and to listen. I'm trying to navigate that as well. Anyone is a human being, including physician, including leader. I'm trying to set a really powerful message as a leader that it's okay to be vulnerable, not to burden other people about your negative emotion, but like to send a powerful message that it's okay to be sad, it's okay to be frustrated. Our children or our patient will be able to sense that. It's a permission to feel. Let them know they are okay to share, to speak their mind as well. It's a way to offering space to communicate. I think that could be a really interesting new way to manage people as a physician, as a mother, as a parent. Permission to feel is really important. Permission to feel is very important. And I'm going to stop this episode here because Dr. Yuan and I went on to talk about what permission to feel really means, another concept called mentalization, and the importance of self-compassion in all of this. These things are really important, and I didn't want to shortchange them. So the rest of this conversation will continue in the next episode. Thanks for listening in.